0: Real Time Radio, we try to bring you things that are edifying and entertaining. And uh, whenever possible, we tend to stay close to home and find out about things that are going on in our part of the world. And uh, tonight is going to be one of those occasions. You know, one of the nice things about living in Raleigh and in the capital city of North Carolina is, is the culture of Raleigh and the fact that a lot of the states, uh, things that you would like to go see, like museums, the state capitol the Museum of Art, uh, the Science Museum, and the Museum of History are all right here. I can get to places that people drive many miles to to go see in about 10 minutes on most days, maybe 15 if it's necessary. And so it's really good to be able to visit and being an ex-history teacher, and sometimes I even pass myself off as a historian these days. uh, It's really nice to have the Museum of History here and I can always recommended, as I did just recently, to to a friend who has two children that want to learn about North Carolina, and we have the man who's in charge of it and who's made it a more vibrant force in learning about the history of North Carolina, Mr. Ken Howard. Good evening, Ken.
1: Good evening, Tom. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing fine, especially since you're here. I didn't finish your pedigree, but you are a native North Carolinian, unless I'm mistaken. I am. uh, you passed through Hornet County at one point, but I think you grew up mostly in New Hanover County and near Wilmington.
1: I was born and done, and and then moved to Wilmington when I was about nine years old. So I spent time in both places. And and do I remember that you
0: went to college at Chapel Hill, and then you got got right, and then <laughs> <laughs> went to law school at Wake Forest?
1: I did. I can say that I've gone to the best schools in the state.
0: You have. You have. You 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 filled in your list. There. You're okay. <laughs> But you uh, have been the director of the North Carolina Museum of History. I didn't add it up and count it, but it must be between 10 and 15 years now.
1: It is, about 13 and a half years now. It's hard to believe, Tom.
0: Right. Well, I I really do mean it uh, 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 that you have done a wonderful job. And uh, and a lot of new ideas have come in. And uh, so uh, we're going to be hearing about some of the things that are on exhibit there are really two stories in your being here tonight, as, as most people would know. One is we've invited Ken to talk about the exhibits and the different things that are being represented if you go to the museum now. And the other part is the, the story that the museum, after all, is in fact open. So we have it two things to talk about. There's a story there, too. So, uh, and having said that, I'm going to step back a little bit and let you go where
1: you may, sir. Thank you, Tom. Yes, we are so pleased. We opened this past Thursday. We had over 150 people come in that first Thursday. Uh, we have put some safety measures in place. We are limiting visitors to only 250 people at a time in the museum to allow for a more comfortable uh, visit and allow for more social distancing. We are requiring uh, cloth uh, masks in the museum unless you can have a, uh, a medical reason. Uh, all the exhibits are open except for our smaller exhibit, our Heel Junior and Discovery Gallery. That it's, it's kind of hard to social distance in that exhibit because it's kind of small, so we've kept that one closed for the time being. But we've installed hand sanitizer stations all around the museum. We're increasing our frequency of cleaning our high-touch uh, public areas and restrooms. We have installed uh, protective barriers at our at the information desk and our, our sales counters in our museum shop. Um, we have modified some of our interactive exhibit features, some features we've, we've uh, modified or, or uh, terminated for the time being, and others we have left, but we've put some uh, hand wipes right next to those interactives so people can wipe them off before they use them. So, again, we're trying all kinds of things to uh, highlight safety measures to make people feel safe when they come to the museum because we're just so glad to have people come back. Uh, we even installed, we're, we're not handing out hard copy maps to the museum anymore, but we've put a, a QR code in for a touchless experience that allows people to take a picture of the map that we have in, in our lobby and use that to, to go around the museum. Um, again, admission is free, and we're not requiring tickets for entry. We just uh, have not had the volume of people coming at the same time that we think we need to go to time to entry. So we encourage people to come down. Uh, but again, we are going to limit to 250 people at the same time in the museum. So we've got some new hours. Uh, we're going to be open from Tuesdays through Saturdays on Tuesdays through Saturdays from nine to 11. Uh, those hours are reserved for our senior citizens and our our immunocompromised, uh, public. And then from 11 to five is the general public for Tuesday through Saturday. And on Sundays, it's 12 to five for everybody, for the general public. So, Uh, We are going to be closed on Mondays. Normally, we've been open on Mondays, but we're reserving Mondays to be able to to do some more cleaning in the museum and do some other things. But uh, we're just so excited to have people coming back to the museum. And, and Tom, what we're finding is people are really ready to get out and come back and see something. We had some families come in on Saturday. Uh, We had almost 300 people in on Saturday, and they came back on Sunday. And we had some people who were in and spent five hours in the museum going through things. So we've been... Uh, very fortunate, as I said, to reopen and uh, and get people back in the museum and back looking at some great things. Of course, we have some some great exhibits, as you mentioned. Uh, there are some exhibits we had opened right before we had to close the museum. So our uh, our women's suffrage exhibit, um, which is called You Have to Start a Thing. It talks about the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, granting women the right to vote. We talk about North Carolina's role in that and how— uh, the women in North Carolina supported that. We we still have our popular Toy Boom exhibit, which is all about toys from the 50s and 60s. And uh, we have a great exhibit on called Law and Justice, the Supreme Court of North Carolina from 1819 to 2019. So this past year was the 200th anniversary of the North Carolina Supreme Court. So we have a great exhibit about that as well. Boy, you, and
0: let, let me say one thing. We've done the trivia. We do trivia, as you probably know, every Friday night. And we've done trivia on toys, and it's one of our pop- most popular trivia nights when we do that. So, uh, People remember pickup sticks and, and uh, uh, big wheels and uh, erector sets and ticker toys and whatever. Made. So I think that exhibit, I would imagine that exhibit is a very popular one. Let me go back for just a second. Uh, yeah. on, on Saturday, what are the hours that... Uh, Saturday, again,
1: 9 to 11 for our senior citizens and immunocompromised uh, people, and then 11 to 5 for the general public.
0: Okay, all right. That's when when Mrs. Kearney and I can go is on Saturday morning. But I just have always thought that it was wonderful that the museum is where it is, across the street from the capital, the literal capital of the state of North Carolina, and in the same block as the Museum of Science. I hope you don't mind me mentioning the, the competition. Uh, so, do not. It, it, a it sister not museum. is extremely easy. Two really, you can take your kiddies down there and do a good bit of education. With with the worst thing being that you have to cross the street, uh, and uh, there's plenty of parking. Can we talk about parking and stuff like that when we come back in just we, a moment? We
1: have yes, we sure
0: can. We'll take a break. Ken Howard, and I will. I will. I know he doesn't want me to say this, but I always have to be careful because one of my favorite ten TV programs start a man named Ken Howard, and I always have to be careful when I talk about Ken Howard that, that I'm not visualizing the the, black, the white shadow at some point. It? But, uh, <laughs> Ken Howard has been a really good friend of ours, and I always love when he comes because we have such a good time talking. So we're talking about the reopening of the North Carolina Museum of History tonight, and there's a lot of different aspects, some of which you may not think about, uh Outdoor parts of the exhibit, uh, the, the shop, uh, 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 I'm not sure whether the eating places are still open, but then again, that's why Ken Howard is here to, to tell us about that, and he will continue that right after this. I'm Kearney of WPTN Radio. This is Kearney's here every night, Monday through Friday. And on this, let's see, it's Tuesday night, it's September the 15th and we're talking about the reopening of the North Carolina Museum of History in downtown Raleigh with the director of the museum, uh, Ken Howard, and he's with us tonight. Ken, I'm always looking for a good segue, but if you, if you do that, sometimes you have a disjointed program. Uh, but can we roll for a disjointed program for a minute now?
1: We sure can.
0: Well, that is, we'll come back and talk. Uh, we, we'll need to repeat the information for the most part, that you've given out about the opening of the museum and so on. We'll come back and talk about traffic and, and parking and things like that in a moment. But John and I were, during the break, we talk about different things, that are, and we were talking about Bill Withers and the song Lean on Me. Now, I don't know if that qualifies as a beach music song, but could that be taken as a lead-in to one of the programs you're going to have at the museum? Uh, sure. You, you see what I'm getting at, though. But aren't you going to have a thing on beach music?
1: <laughs> we are. We're opening a new exhibit, Tom, on beach music this, this coming weekend, actually, this coming Friday. And uh, it's interesting. You know, a lot of people not from North Carolina, or even some people from North Carolina, not real, real in tune with what beach music's all about. So we've done a great exhibit that talks about the roots of beach music, where it came from, how it came from. How to shag to a beach music song, and uh, certainly we're featuring some great artists in the uh, in the exhibit as well. So we've even had some um, some of the uh, not uniforms, but some of the costumes, uh, show costumes from people like uh, oh, golly, my mind's going blank all of a sudden. So (laughs) it will happen a lot if you get over Carolina bands. Some of those great North Carolina bands uh, are, are. Featured in in the exhibit, and so it's just it's a, a really great exhibit, and I hope everybody will come see it. We've got, like I say, there's some great music. We've got uh, oh the Embers. That's what I'm trying to think of. So we got some things from the Embers, um, uh, the Chairman of the Board, the Catalinas. We have got some some of those those great beach music groups, and some of which are still playing today. Well, um, yeah. Well, let me let me let me interrupt you
0: there for a moment because I'm old enough that I can remember. It was probably kicks, and anybody from this part of the world knows what I'm talking about, and if you don't, I probably couldn't explain it in the time I've got left. But anyway, I was listening to it, and they started talking about This is going to be a beach music weekend. Well, I had no idea. This was the first time my beach music was promoted, you know, a special type of music, and I had no idea, and I'm still not sure I can define it. But, uh, Ken, do you have a favorite beach music song?
1: Oh, good gosh! I have a whole playlist of beach music songs. Uh, uh, summertime's calling me under the boardwalk. I mean, there's just some Carolina girls. Girl, really, is that one of Carolina girls? They're just some great songs out there, well, and uh, there are too many. We, we actually have a, a 1965 Wilton jukebox, okay, uh, stacked with 45s in it. That's uh, no quarters needed. That you can play. So uh, we've tried to do, tried to bring in a lot of different music. And, and, and the, Tom, that's the, the question is, what is beach music? And it's one of those things that you know it when you hear it. Right. Um, you, right. It's kind of like they said
0: about Louis Armstrong. They asked him what jazz was, and he said, if you have to have it explained it to to you, you'll never understand it. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, I get to tell you my favorite beach music songs. One of them is Miss Grace. Oh, I love that one. And, yeah. But my favorite is Rainy Day Bells. Oh, yeah. Another Grove Trotters. And I hope somebody is scrambling to find out what in the world is he talking about now, because that would mean that we got through. But I hope you didn't mind me jumping over the fence there and getting into the beach music already. But you're opening that exhibit this weekend, right?
1: Yep, this Friday. So they open this Friday. And uh, like I say, we've got a, we actually put up a a dance floor. So, and we've got a video that teaches you how to, uh, all the different steps to go through to do a shag dance. And uh, so it's just a really fun and enjoyable exhibit. And like I said, it really touches on the early roots of where beach music came from. Uh, you're going to have some
0: people up there. I don't think you'll find any trouble getting people to dance. Uh, they'll, they'll just take to it naturally. In fact, I can't <laughs> let Mrs. Curley go down there because she likes to bop and shag too. So I don't dance, which is the best thing. You, you wouldn't be submitted to that. Okay. Okay, we, we, we've, we've segued in, into that now. Where should we go
1: from here in terms of
0: old exhibits or new exhibits?
1: Well, you know, we could talk a little bit, like I say, we've got the Toy Boom exhibit is still up, the Law and Justice exhibit. Um, the Story of North Carolina, which is, you know, our permanent exhibit on the history of the state, uh, is up and open. And we have a 1920s drugstore that people can still take a step inside and see what a drugstore looked like. And this was actually a drugstore that was on Fable Street from years ago in, in Raleigh. And of course, we don't want to miss the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. Right. Um, no. No, I, I uh, uh,
0: enjoyed seeing the the. Uh, my brother and I went to to see a, an exhibit. It was about a military, it was about the Civil War, uh, several years ago. And we stumbled on some things that I had forgotten they were there, and that's why it's good for you to 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 be out telling us what is there. But uh, the things that I had forgotten were the the exhibit on the the drugstore
1: mm-hmm tom hey ken go ahead and keep talking i'll call tom back okay thanks yes tom you're right the 1920s drugstore like i say it was uh it, it, it's got a whole soda fountain um it's one of those things that boy, we sure would love to be able to reopen it and serve some great milkshakes and things from but it really gives you an idea of what the drug stores what, what the druggist did so many years ago you know everything was not already made in the pill bottle, and you bought it off the shelf. There were so many things they had to do. But in addition to the drugstore, we've got the Carbine Williams shop. Uh, that shop, the Carbine Williams, was, again, an inventor from North Carolina. He actually served time in prison and invented I You lost me for a few minutes
0: there, uh, 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 Ken. Are you still there? Something happened to him, Tom. I'll call him back. Okay, get him back on the phone. I know what he was talking about, though, because it's one of my favorite exhibits. When I was in, uh, I don't know, there's some place in North, North Carolina, in some grade, you come to Raleigh to visit the museums. And it was always nice because they were always there together. Even the art museum was downtown then. And uh, somewhere along in there, they made a picture in the 50s, I think, called Carbine Williams. And I'm not really sure if it, Jimmy Stewart may have been in it, but I can't remember. But uh, the man that it was about was a North Carolinian who refined. Uh, the development of the carbine rifle. Uh, I don't know about weapons, but it was used in World War II, and he did this while he was in prison, when it was time to do it. And when he died, they gave his entire workshop that he used when he got out of prison to the Museum of History, and it has been reconstructed as a part of the museum. Ken, are you with us now?
1: I I am, Tom, and you're exactly right. And Jimmy Stewart was the one that played in the movie about Carbine Williams. Yeah. Yeah. and we actually have a video down there of Carbine uh, actually shooting some of his rifles. But, yes, you're right. He, he actually invented the mechanism that he eventually became uh, the M1 Carbine in, in World War II. Uh, he actually did some of his invented work while he was uh, in prison for shooting a revenuer. So, uh, but, obviously, he was a, 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 a great inventor, and we were very fortunate to have his entire shop. Mm-hmm. Inside the museum, right next to the drugstore. So if you come see mm-hmm. the drugstore, you'll see his shop.
0: Oh, well that they, that when I was in school, about the time they let us all, you know, they all brought us all to Raleigh in some grade. That was it was part of the the drill that you had to do. And uh, uh, the movie had come out about that time. And of course, I'm a little kid. I'm 11 years old or 14 or something, and I'm just marveling at the fact that they would let a guy in prison work on rifles and stuff. But I was really impressed with the neatness of his workshop, and uh, mm-hmm. I think when they gave it to you, you folks put it back together just like he had it when he when he died. And I think it's good to look at things like that. I I have one other friend who uh, was fascinated by drug stores and uh, he uh, was able to buy one of those with the counter and everything that yeah, you know, where you look, the counter came up about neck high, and so on, and you you came and gave him your prescription and. They brought it back to you a little bit later. But it's good to have those things onto our mind. Uh, uh, and, and historical exhibits is a good way to do that. I'm sorry to have interrupted you to, to go off on this. No, this uh tube. But uh, it's good to have some very practical things. One, We're getting close to where we need to stop and hear the news, so we won't start talking about uh, uh, the next thing that I was thinking about was the North Carolina uh Sports museum and uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, that was one of the things I, I mentioned to you earlier. When my, when my brother Stephen and I were wandering around the uh, Museum of History one day, we had gone down to see a Civil War exhibit, and we discovered in in uh, an area that we didn't even we hadn't even been thinking about it. The Museum of uh, most of us like sports, and I think they had maybe a Richard Petty car or
1: mm-hmm. or Dale
0: Jr. or somebody, and and uh, all the our, our sports heroes, uh, Gaylord Perry and people like him, who, a lot of people don't realize he and Kim, his brother, were from uh, northeastern North Carolina. Well, that's some of the kinds of things we can talk about a little bit more after we take a break. But I'm basically just walking us up to the news now because we need to check the news, find out what's going on in the world. And then we'll be back with uh, with Ken Howard, the director of the North Carolina Museum of History. WPTF Radio in North Carolina, and the Tom Kearney Show, 9.33 is our time. And on the Tuesday night edition of the show, live and in real-time radio, we're talking with Ken Howard, the director of the North Carolina Museum of History. Uh, because of the importance of your knowing about the existence of the museum and the exhibits that are going on there, and because of a historical event of, of note, and that is that the museum has reopened. It was closed because of the uh, the... Uh, coronavirus uh, and its effects. Uh, I think probably Ken, what March of this year?
1: Well, we closed, Tom, like March 16th or 17th. So really, we were been closed for like six months, almost six months.
0: Well, you know, when I got out of the my stay in the the recovery in the hospital, one of the first calls I made was to you, and I hope you don't mind me saying this. And you said, Tom, I'll be glad to come and. We, but we're not going to have much to talk about because the museum is closed. <laughs> but I will be on with you when it when it reopens, and so here we are. And, here we uh, are. And you've never turned me down yet, but it, we are, and it has reopened, and uh, there's some special rules, and we may ask Ken to go over those a little more toward the end of the program. But currently we're talking about the exhibits that are there, the ones that have been, and, and in one case one that is going to be opening up. Uh, Ken, I'm, I'm j- probably jumping the gun on you. But at, at some point, do you want to talk about
1: the, uh, the Cone event? Yes, Tom. As a matter of fact, that's a great idea. Uh, you know, one of the things, Tom, we've been focused on since uh, we closed was we've been focused on creating a lot of educational programs online that people could access. So whether it be some of our we, – we, we've done some virtual tours of some of our exhibits. Uh, we created a couple of online lecture series. One's called History and Eyeballs, where we have um, an evening lecture series and we have a, a bartender come on at the beginning of the lecture and, and uh, teach you how to make a particular uh, libation. And then, uh, then we start the, the, the talk. Uh, and then uh, we've been doing some other, some of our other normal series, like we're doing. We have a notable North Carolina lecture series that we've been doing for several years now, and normally we do that at the museum. Uh, But this Thursday, next Thursday, September 24th, we're going to do it online, and it's going to be all about the Cone family. Uh, As you know, the Cone family was uh, a huge textile family here in North Carolina, but uh, they were also very much philanthropists, and the two sisters from the family were huge art collectors. And so we're having a, a great lecture on that, on next Thursday, September the 24th, at 7 o'clock, and you can go, up, go onto our website and register there, and uh, you can sit home and, and watch it on your, on your PC. So it's, uh, it's a way that we've been able to go create things for people to do while they're at home. And even though the museum is open, we're going to continue to, uh, to develop more online content. We've actually developed a whole webpage called History at Home, it's on our webpage and um, history at home lists all the different online videos that we have available as well as podcasts uh, of this lecture series uh, and, and just all kinds of great things activities we put together for families to do at home. So it's in uh, a whole lot of lesson plans and things for teachers and students across the state. So I'd recommend people to check out our history at home webpage and on one of the things on history at home will be our lecture series. And again, Next Thursday, September twenty fourth, we're going to do a lecture on the Cone family.
0: I, I, I had a friend several years ago who got really interested in the Cone family, and particularly in the sisters, who became great uh, collectors of art and were friends with you know the artists themselves. And apparently, they had the two lived in an apartment building in Baltimore, and they uh, put all the art in one of the apartments, and the two of them lived in the other apartment they would acquired so much art over the years since all that they were, and they've contributed a lot to North Carolina in terms of philanthropy. And uh, uh, I think cold uh, the cone mills were in Greensboro, which was where most of them were, were operating. Right. But uh, yeah, that, that I think is a wonderful thing for you to do. Uh, but uh, and the the, the virtual uh, presentation is something shows you're on the cutting edge again.
1: Good. We're trying. So we have the, the uh, History in Highballs is done usually twice a month on Thursdays, and then we have our uh, History at High Noon, which is a program that we do at noon, uh, again, online. We used to have our History a la carte where people could come to the museum and bring their lunch and listen to a great lecture, uh, but now we've taken it online, so it's called History at High Noon, and people can uh, grab their lunch and go sign on the computer and, uh, and and watch a great lecture, so... Again, we recommend people to check out our website, ncmuseumofhistory.org, where all these programs and all these activities are listed. By the way,
0: are the, the food places still open at the museum?
1: Which places, Tom? The food places. Time. Oh, I'm sorry. The restaurant right now is still closed. Sweet Tea uh, is, is still closed right now. We're kind of waiting to see what our visitation is going to be like. Uh, before she reopens the restaurant, but she is is anxious to come back. Our museum shop is open. The museum shop is open from 10 to 4, uh, Tuesdays through Sundays through Saturdays. Um, And so there are some great things, you know, some great North Carolina products that are for sale in our museum shop. And uh, people can also shop online. So if they are not interested in making a trip down to the museum, they can go uh, shop online at our, our museum shop and, uh, and have things shipped to them as opposed to having to come down to the museum. But as you mentioned earlier, Tom, there's a lot of a lot of parking. Um yeah. there's just not much going on downtown right now, so there's plenty of parking for people that want to come downtown.
0: And it's it's all right there together. That's the thing I like about it. But it's if you if you have your children you can walk down to the legislative building and show them that and the other state buildings, the Archives and History Building and, and places like that and uh They're all within two or three blocks, and
1: it's just really nice having that. Yeah, those buildings are currently closed right now to the public. Mm -hmm. Um, Natural Sciences, though, is going to be opening on September the 22nd. I'll put a plug in for them. Uh, So they're going to be, of course, right across the mall from us. So, uh, like I said, they'll be open on September the 22nd, so next week. So, again, there are lots of great things to do not at our museum, and we encourage people to come downtown and, and check out things, or even go online and check out all the great things we have on our website.
0: Well, it seems like you've done as much as you could to serve just about everybody uh, along the way. Uh, what have we not have we not trumpeted at this point?
1: You know, for people that just want to take a walk and don't want to come into the museum, our History of the Harvest website, uh, History of the Harvest exhibit, which is outside the museum, as you know, every year we plant North Carolina crops to give people an idea of what. Uh, sweet potatoes look like and cotton and uh, corn and beans and everything else. And So we've again planted our crops again this year and uh, so if people are downtown taking a, a walk, they can uh, come down in front of the museum and walk down the mall and learn all about, uh, about the different crops that are harvested in North Carolina. My brother,
0: I, I, I sometimes can use this as a place to tell stories. He said to, he was a real. he's real fond of uh, southern history, and he wanted to get a, a little bit of cotton and to look at a bowl of cotton. He had never done that, and there's a gin not very far from where his mother was living at the time. And if you've ever been on the road to a gin, you know that there's plenty of lint laying over there beside the road. All you have to do is stop and pick it up. But if you've never looked at a bowl of cotton, you uh, it's, you need to do that to uh, see the problem that Eli Whitney solved for the South. And uh, taking the seeds out of the cotton. And there are a lot of people who've read about that but don't know. So it's good to go look at the crops and see what a sweet potato looks like and what North Carolina products. I think you, I noticed that Steve Charter has a has a thing on there about about sweet potatoes. I think North Carolina is the
1: biggest grower of sweet potatoes in the United States. Definitely is. Yep, definitely is. And so we plant sweet potatoes, and uh, when we harvest the sweet potatoes, we donate them to the local food bank. So, uh, but yes, it's a, it's a tremendous crop and, and, uh, and very healthy. But the other thing we're doing, Tom, I wanted to point out is, you know, with all these things going on with the, with the pandemic and stuff, we're actually uh, collecting objects to help document uh, events that happened during the pandemic. So we're encouraging people uh, to think about when they're finished with their masks or other things that may be relevant to Uh, the epidemic, the pandemic, that they would uh, consider donating those to the museum and and signing online and and telling us their stories. So we are, like I say, history is happening now, and uh, we're looking forward to gathering some of those stories from people about what their time was like during the pandemic and, and all the other things that have been going on. So there's just, you know, like I say, history continues to happen, and so we're continuing to gather uh, things to um, preserve that history and document it for the future.
0: It's really good that you're doing that
1: because you're
0: you're talking about history. But sometimes people miss the point when they're standing right in the middle of it, you know. And uh, when the artifacts are there to be preserved, uh, the mask and the other things that people have uh, adapted to, uh, of all the rags that are used to wipe everything up, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the hand, the hand soap, but just, just that, that's. Well, I know this is real, and I can tell you how I know you, you, what you're doing is real. Is I used to teach history, and I used to have a textbook in which they uh, had uh, some pictures taken during the Spanish flu epidemic back at the time of World War One. And mm-hmm. one picture was of a baseball player. I think he was a Boston Red Sox wearing a mask. And I thought that's kind of funny. I don't think it's funny anymore. But uh, uh, you know, there, there have been other times when. And there were problems, and a lot of things have been threatened. And I guess uh, uh, somebody thought to take that picture, and you folks have thought to preserve some of the artifacts of the the pandemic. We need to stop now, and I need to do some commercial stuff. And this is the point, uh, Ken, where I say to you, uh, think about all the things that we might have talked about that we didn't, and we might confront the schedule again, I think that would be a good thing. And if you we'll would do, do that. that after we take this break, that would be wonderful.
1: Sounds great, Tom.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, John, before you go into the break here, I think I need to talk about our friends at King's Auto. Um, the uh, the the fact that it's September 15th does not mean that the heat is all, all gone. In fact, last year, the only day that the temperature went above 100 was the first week in October, and in North Carolina, it can remain, and we can have hot days way into October. And while the heat is still with us, and it's, it'll be hard on your car, and it, as it is on you, if your battery is weak, the heat will speed up the failure rate. Your AC is working even harder in the hot weather and the humidity than, than keeping you cool. Then you would need to bring your car up to King's Auto Service. The highly trained technician at Kings will evaluate the engine cooling system, which also includes hoses, belts, and, yes, even tires. For those of you currently driving a Toyota Prius or some other hybrid vehicle, the certified hybrid technicians at Kings are now able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for less than the dealer would be able to do it. This usually occurs the replacement at about 150,000 miles. Call Kings tomorrow to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. King's Auto Service and King's Correct Lube, along with the state inspection station, are easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net on the web. King's Auto Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946, and the place I'm taking my car tomorrow to be serviced. I'm I'm Kearney here. Tom Kerning Show with our special guest, Mr. Ken Howard, the director of the North Carolina Museum of History. Ken, uh, I, I may be going down the wrong road, but do we need to mention the other museums of history tonight?
1: We do, Tom. We uh, Actually, all of our museums of history across the state have opened. Uh, the last one to open was actually the, Mar- the Graveyard the Atlantic Museum in Hatteras just opened yesterday, but our Maritime Museums in Beaufort and Southport are both open. Our regional museums—the Museum of the Albaball in Elizabeth City, uh, the Museum of the Cape Fear in Fayetteville, and the Mountain Gateway Museum and Heritage Park in Oldport—have all opened as well. So we are back open across the board and uh, ready for people to come back and learn about North Carolina history. Well, I was proud of myself for re- for, remem-
0: for remembering that. I heard a an ad or something about the Museum of the 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 one in Fayetteville, anyway, recently reopening and so on. So they're. There, there are opportunities, and it, I think there's a museum in Beaufort, isn't there?
1: And I, yes, the museum, yeah, the museum, in, maritime museum in Beaufort, and they're the ones that feature the exhibit on the Queen Anne's Revenge and Blackbeard, because as you know, Blackbeard uh, ran his ship, to Queen Anne's Revenge, a agra- ground right off of uh, of Beaufort, and when it was discovered and, and artifacts were being brought up, they we put them at the museum in Beaufort. So it's a great museum. They've been really busy. They had almost 700 people in there on Saturday, so things are, are really busy down at the coast, and we're very fortunate to have those museums reopened. Okay.
0: The North Carolina Museum of History, uh, I think, uh, from talking to Ken tonight, we I discovered, I didn't know for sure, but I knew it was sometime very early, uh, closed in March, along with the other institutional uh, establishments that were, that were closed, and Reopened as the the governor got to back to the part of the reopening program that he's calling two point five. I think that's really neat. That has smells of computers and stuff, but uh, <laughs> uh, it uh, reopened on last well, whenever the tenth? Was that was Thursday, I believe. And,
1: uh, yeah, we so, opened. Wait, right, we opened on Thursday the tenth.
0: And uh, you are open now. It might be good to run back over when you are in fact open now. And so, because some things have changed and and what the circumstances are in terms of, of uh, visiting the museums.
1: Thanks, Tom. Yes, we're open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 to 11. Well, actually, we're open from 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. 9 to 11, the morning hours are set aside for our senior citizens and our immunocompromised uh, citizens, and then 11 to 5 for the general public. And then on Sunday, we're open from 12 to 5 for the general public. Uh, so we're not open on Mondays, but again, Tuesdays through Sundays, um, 11 to 5, and uh, for general public, 12 to 5 on Sundays. And again, special hours in the morning from 9 to 11 for senior citizens and immun- immunocompromised individuals.
0: If you're uh, in quarantine with adults or with children, there's a nice place to go and a uh, nice chance to get out and, and uh the weather's been pretty good lately, and they take a walk around Capitol Square and up and down Fayetteville Street and visit the Museum of History, and well, that makes a pretty good day, and it's a cheap day, too, I think, uh, probably. Yeah, it
1: is. Admission is free.
0: <laughs> Ad- admission is free. You can't beat that. Well, I think I'm going to let you go tonight, sir, and I'm just so glad that you could be with us, and I hope you will return sometime, and, and uh, I hope uh, that uh, you have a good... Uh, Good attendance for the virtual uh, show with with the Cone family because I think that that is an interesting part of North Carolina history that sometimes is being is ignored when we're talking a lot about battles and political leaders and things like that. Is some of the economic aspects and also the story of the suffragettes. I always want to make sure Miss Gertrude Wheel gets her gets her due.
1: And so on. and she is she is certainly in the exhibit.
0: She's in the exhibit. That's good. All my friends in Goldsboro will be glad for that. But, Ken, thanks a lot for visiting with us. And, uh, uh, well, as I always say, if we can do anything for you, let us know,
1: okay? Tom, thank you for having me on tonight. And as always, we enjoy being on your show. And we encourage people to come down to the museum and visit our website, ncmuseumofhistory.org. And, Tom, come on down. We'll teach you how to shag. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would
0: need some help, but but Mrs. Kearney would get a really big kick out of that, and I I think that's great that you're doing that because that's good, very good cultural history, and uh, just makes me think about OD and all the you know all the people would go to the beach, and I think once we start defining beach music, we'll we'll have a good time because it will have to do with the particular kind of, of music that you had at the beach, and it, it's it, that part of rock and roll that I, I think is. Really, R&B is most of what it is. So, it is. while I didn't dance to it, I sure did like it. So. <laughs> Thank you, Ken.
1: Thank you, Tom. Have a great night.
0: Okay, and uh, John, we're uh, coming up uh, here on our close out here in just a couple of uh, seconds. But we need to say that tomorrow night, Tony Rigsby will be with us to talk about the history of. WPTF, particularly in the 50s and 60s, and a magical word for Tony is monitor, so just bring that up for him tomorrow night. Uh, Dr. Funkhauser will be here for his update on the necrology on Thursday night, and Friday night will be the usual trivia night.